Welcome to the Drunk Guys Book Club, where books aren't just for school, where book clubs aren't just for women, and smooth jazz makes everything better. I'm Mike. Uh, I'm Jimmy. I'm Nate. And we're the Drunk Guys. We're standing in the wrong order. (laughs) (laughs) We are, yeah. And this week we are reading Four Roses, The Return of a Whiskey Legend in this special episode by Al Young, A History of the Four Roses Bourbon Company. And we are recording live on location. At a not Four Roses. Not live, but edited in later broadcast. We We are live. Uh, we are alive. We're al- we're recording alive at Rare and Fine? Fine and Rare. What is Fine this and one? Rare. We're recording live at Fine and Rare. In Midtown Manhattan. Midtown Manhattan. Sunny Midtown. And they've uh, mixed a beverage for us using the very uh, same bourbon. What, what is this? This is, uh, this is what they call the smoky old-fashioned. It's got a lot... There's little... Put your nose in that. Wooden coasters on top of it to hold in the smoke. The smoke we've unleashed is the smoke. real. Whoa. It's oh my God. campfire. That yeah. is street barbecue. Yeah. Ooh, good lord. It's amazing. Mm, how did they that get smell. that in there? It smells like old fashioned arson. Like that is <laughs> that is really in there. Well I don't know how they got that. I didn't watch them make it. Let's sample it. See what it's like. That's damn good. Tastes like whiskey. Yeah. Not my thing, but pretty darn smooth. There is like a fruity aftertaste later on. That, that is the that's the old part of the fashion. All right, so tell, let's more about the drink. Yeah, what is an old-fashioned? I've heard that name before, and I always thought it was a hand job. So what is an old-fashioned beverage? Well, an old-fashioned is a fairly popular mixed drink. I don't know, a cocktail. I guess a cocktail, yeah? Sure. Yeah. And it's... You, Speaking of hand jobs. You have the, uh, the, the ingredients with you? Because I've, I've had many of them, but I've never made one, so I've never had to really focus on it. But usually it consists of a whole bunch of bur- a bourbon, usually... Or whiskey, I guess. Whiskey, but uh, usually it's bourbon for some reason. Usually because they're sweeter. Because it's a sweet drink, and it's got bitters, which is a weird little bottle called bitters, and I don't know what those are. I think they're bitter. Yeah, they generally are, and it's got sugar in it because you know why not? And it's got an orange peel, and you just kind of rub it on everything. <laughs> it's like an old timey medicine. Yeah, just rub that orange peel on your wound. It's like robitussin. It's also very suggestive. Yes. You rub it on everything. You rub it on everything, and then you have an old fashioned. You rub yourself on everything. <laughs> You know, you have three or four or five or six of these, and you're good to go. <laughs> and if that doesn't work, seven, eight, strong. or nine, and you're, gone, and well, you're definitely good. It's strong because it's just a glass of whiskey with some other stuff floating in it and one large ice ball. This one, yeah, this is like very classful, classily uh, presented here. There's a giant Death Star ice cube in the middle of this glass. It's like a big wine drink. It's like a big red wine, wine glass cloud, or something, yeah. yeah. And, a, and like a whole. This is way classier than we're used to. Normally, we drink in the basement and. Uh, out of cups that I've borrowed permanently from breweries. Here they have smooth jazz and, <laughs> and, and live jazz later, but we'll be gone before then because that will just get weird. For the love of God, we have to be gone before that happens. So we're here talking about Four Roses, which honestly, I'm not a bourbon drinker. I'm not a whiskey drinker. I knew very little about Four so wait, Roses. Let's back up for a second. So the reason why we're doing this episode is because a publicist from Four Roses got in touch with us because Four Roses put out a book, which is what we're talking about, and said, hey, would you like to do, your, uh, do our book on your podcast? And we said, okay, because it sounded like free drinks. And so here we are. And they are, just in full disclosure, they are not paying us to do this. However, they are providing the drinks, which we are drinking right now. Yeah, cheers. And they're quite strong. This is America, yeah. last I can we get a Can we get a ding in the mic? Let's get a ding. <laughs> That's for America. That was, that was pretty forceful. Thank you. They're taking our smoke coasters away. The smoke escaped, so they really serve no purpose at this point. I was really hoping to steal one of those. That was a <laughs> nice coaster. <laughs> that was very nice. <laughs> They're never going to invite us anywhere again, Mike. And we're not going to invite it back here. It's fine. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the publicist reached out to us and was like, hey, you want to read this book? And we're like, 
free book or drinks. That's what we started this podcast. That was the purpose, yeah. And so in this one, we achieved all your dreams. It's, we, could, we could end it now. <laughs> yep. So. Goodbye, everyone. Don't join us next week. <laughs> there won't be one. No. Uh. So uh, they sent us the book, and I really didn't know much about Four Roses. I knew one thing. Uh, when I looked through my parents' high school yearbook, when I was like, you know. Is your dad holding a bottle of Four Roses in his picture? You would think. No. <laughs> <laughs> Strangely, the old male Catholic high school my dad went to did not let that happen. But things people wrote, like, in, you know, they signed the things. Like, seven different people between my dad's yearbook and my mom's yearbook had written this thing. It looked like a math equation. They were like, too young underneath it, to drink, like the number two both times, line with a plus sign, four roses. So Really? Yeah, that was like a thing. That many people? Like a whole bunch. Mo- way more than... That's super weird. A whole bunch. Like, f- literally seven, seven or eight people between the two yearbooks. And they did not go to the same high school, because my mom is not a man at the all-boys Catholic high school. And... Um, they did not graduate in the same year. They grew a couple years apart. So they had this thing throughout. And I was like, what the hell is that? What's four roses? Because I was like 14 and I didn't know anything. Uh, and they were like, oh, that's, that's a thing. That was, yeah, it was a thing we drank sometimes. I was like, but you were too young to drink. I like, Stop asking questions, son. <laughs> I like that they did it with the numbers like we would do in like current internet speak and they shit on us for that. W- yes. I mean, we don't, but people do. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> I have never used a two in terms of. Like, it was like Prince two. doing the math. Too sexy for you, or everything. Nothing, Nothing compares, compares to, to you, you. you. Also by uh, Potato O'Connor. What was her name? Sinead O'Connor, right? Potato O'Connor, yeah. So, uh, Sandra Day, Sinead <laughs> O'Connor. That's it. That's it. So, that's the only thing I knew, honestly. And I'm not a whiskey drinker and not a bourbon drinker. So, I have I've seen you do it. That. It never ends well. It, there's, I think we've told that story. Nate might have cut it out, but that's fine. Uh, I don't do well with hard liquor. At least, you know, just one drink, you should be okay. I am going to not finish this. I'm going to nurse the dick out of this. Like I'm reviving this penis back to health. That's how I'm going to nurse it. I'm nursing the dick out of it. That reminds me of a movie I saw. I'll tell you guys about it later. (laughs) (laughs) It's a real thing. We need to hit pause. You're thinking of the adult film, Four Hoses. That's what that is. So uh, I find this drink, I certainly taste the bourbon. I don't honestly know enough about bourbon to say this is great or bad, but it is definitely not... The things I associate it with, that I'm not a fan, is like deep burning horrificness. It's got a, and this doesn't have that. It's got a well. I mean, old. It's that's also because it's an old fashioned, so it's been mixed with literally sugar and other mm. stuff. So it's gonna cut a, some of the burning away. But if you drank your sat here and drank a, just a cup of bourbon, you you would probably have more trouble with it. Uh, you As can definitely you can definitely smell the orange, but it's because there's a big slice of orange peel. There's like yeah. there's enough vitamin C in here. You guys from the week. Yep, for sure. Uh, it definitely you can definitely taste the vanilla. I I can definitely taste that. Mm. Yeah. But like I Mike, I have no real perspective on quality of bourbons I, or anything. I like mean, that. I I drink a lot of bourbon, but uh, not in a quality sense. <laughs> <laughs> you, you drink Indeed. a lot of bourbon. I drink. It's it's more of a. You drink 144 how, what's bourbons. The, what's the ratio of Coke to bourbon in this cup? That's how I generally do it. <laughs> Coke to bourbon. So you want it to be like one to eight or something like that? Do you want the... Yes. The, one to eight. The Coke to be just like a little... Oh, just a flavor. Just a little bit to take the, the edge A light of. dusting of Coke, yeah. And then I put some Coca-Cola on it, too. Oh. <laughs> or Pepsi. Yeah. Whatever's around. Uh, is it... Have you guys also get like a faint uh, licorice kind of flavor out of this? I get that, too. I don't know. Let me try again. Let's try again. 
All right, now I can see you guys. Couldn't before. Hi, guys. Hi, Nate. Oh, my God, they're bringing over three other drinks. Holy oh, fucking shit. Oh, no, that's not for us. That's for someone else. <laughs> Thank God. We barely... That's why he took back the coasters. <laughs> they, only have, they only have three coasters. <laughs> they have three coasters. <laughs> okay, thank goodness. So, okay, let's talk about the book. Yeah, so the book is A History of Four Roses, which uh, uh, we knew shit about, frankly. I didn't know anything. It's a, it's a distillery that's been around for a long-ass time. I forget yeah. the exact They took is. a short break. A federally mandated short break. Though not quite. They not, actually kind of stayed in business. They stayed as a medicine store. Yeah. Whiskey is medicinal. In the old days, it was like, we're going to cut off your leg. Drink half of this bottle of whiskey. Yeah. It'll yeah. be better. We'll It'll be hungover and you'll have no leg. <laughs> well, well, if you only have one leg, you'll definitely hang over to one side. <laughs> That's it, folks. Good night. <laughs> so uh, they started in, well, I guess where all bourbon starts, right? In the Civil War. Is that where all bourbon starts? With slavery? Well, bourbon, as I'm not sure it was a law in the beginning, but so it the beginning has become known the, to be. The beginning of the company when the company got its start, was definitely just a little bit before the Civil War. Because one, one of these dudes definitely was involved in the Civil War. Yeah, there's a whole bunch yeah. of Pauls. I'm going to be honest, everyone, I don't remember every single Everyone had name. the same name, so it was kind of confusing. There was John Pauls and Paul Johns and James Pauls, and I think... John Paul Jones played the bass. <laughs> he went good. a different route. He went a different route. <laughs> and also, there's a different John Paul Jones that was a pirate. Not I'm, a pirate. I'm a descendant of his. Actually, for real? Yeah. So he was the head of the head of Revolutionary Navy. He was, yeah, he was not a private. He was a privateer during the revolution. Right, yeah, th- those were guys that were like, "Hey, go steal whatever you want, just not from our ships." Yep. Mm-hmm. He was based in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, where there is still a uh, John Paul Jones Museum. And every year, if it was a Led Zeppelin Led Museum, Led Zeppelin it would fans be are way cooler. <laughs> they go oh, there. He's and, got uh, a boat. Cool. <laughs> oh, he didn't get scurvy. The end. You don't know that. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't I'm not know sure. That. The, the Lost to history. That shitty, shitty museum over the hills and far away, <laughs> in the misty mountains of New Hampshire. So, uh, they start. It's a family, and they are distillers, and they make their thing. You know, making whiskey. Back in the day, when you could kind of just do whatever the fuck you wanted and say, "That's whiskey." Yeah, it was. It was basically just everyone was a moonshiner, but some people had a label maker. Yeah, <laughs> but they stuck with it. And they built the kind of thing, but they didn't actually. And there's a they, the most important thing, I guess, is where the Four Roses name came from. Oh, the 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 legend. The legend. Well, that didn't even come up till quite a bit later, chapter two or yeah. three, even. Was that was one of those? It's a whatever the story version of a backronym is. Huh? You know where you you uh, you have a word, and then no one knows where it came from, and so they assign letters to each word. Oh. So it's like it's not an actual acronym, but they've made it into one. I see. And so in this one, it's like they had the name, and they're like, oh, it must be because of this old story. So it's like a mm. story acronym. Yeah. So one of the guys who ran it was, was a, a courting this fine gal, and he gave her a dozen roses. Like, if you want me to keep courting you, or you want to marry me, or something, you'll tomorrow you'll wear a corsage of four roses. And you come to the debutante ball, or and that was after being turned down. Like he, five times. He, try, he, try, he was trying to hit that for like a year. I, more than a year, yeah. I think. And then she's finally like, ah, fine, I'll marry him. Crazy. For four, four roses, you can only deflower her once. But he was really going <laughs> for it. <laughs> no one listened to the show before they got us here. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't think so. I, I don't think we're going to get their next book. Five roses? <laughs> Kiss from a roses. The story of Seal and Four Roses. 
Yes. <laughs> Seal on the floor was that, was that his backing band? Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, and then there, that actually happened a little bit later. This is part about the Civil War. Uh, so anyway, they talk about the distilleries in Kentucky. In and Bourbon in County, Kentucky. Yes, indeed. And it talks about uh, Kentucky in the Civil War and how there was definitely some fighting going on and that <laughs> one of these dudes... <laughs> At least a little fighting. Le- no, in this, I mean in this exact area. Oh, yes. Oh, there yes, were literally yes, that's area. There were um, some skirmishes. Because they're really close to the Ohio River, which was important for trade and stuff like that. And, right by Louisville? L- Louisville? Louisville. Lexington? Louisville is on the river, yeah. I'm so sorry, do you, mean, do you mean Louisville? Louisville. As in, in, the, in the local vernacular. Louisville. Louisville. And that, uh, I can't believe they put it in the book that this guy was connected to Confederate General Nathan Bedford Forrest, ah. who, as we know from Your the beginning, after? Of, no, the beginning, the beginning of Forrest Gump, <laughs> Nathan Bedford Forrest is one of the original, one of the founders of the Ku Klux Klan. I can't believe they even put that in this book. Like, well, I mean... You kind of want to forget that one, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Do you know there's a Nathan Bedford Forrest high school in, like, the deep south in, like, Missouri? Yes, I fully believe that. And it's... 100% black students. I fully believe that, wow. too. And and people are like, we should change the name of that. And some of the people there, some of the, like, the black people in the community are like, well, I went to that school. That's cool. And they're like, yeah, oh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. They, don't, they don't have like a Heinrich Himmler Academy in Tel Aviv. You know, like they don't have... Like, that is kind of the equivalent, yeah. So, according to Ken Burns, or according to one of the historians on Ken Burns' Civil War, Nathan Bedford Forrest, like military genius... Like really, really good general. A South totally kicked brilliant. ass for Not like half good the enough. war. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they did. They South kicked ass for hey, quite a while. Hey, listen, they came in second place. You know, silver medal. I mean, to be fair, they lost to America, <laughs> <laughs> the real America. <laughs> but yes, it's Forrest Gump's great, 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 great grandfather who lived a thousand years ago. Is Nathan Bedford Forrest? That's what well, he says in the if beginning he was of the movie. At, But the thing is, if he was, yeah, I guess three greats. That's all it would be. Yeah. But he says like. Yeah, I'm named Forrest after my great 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 granddad who lived about a thousand years ago. Yeah, but he and, also oh, yeah. couldn't count. Well, yeah, he was special. I mean, he couldn't go to the regular school until his mom fucked the principal. But they show the clip from uh, what was it, Birth of a Nation? Mm-hmm. But they put yeah. Tom Hanks's face. Into it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a clip of you. I'm sure he doesn't want to get out of context oh, anywhere. Awesome. But he basically looks like um, Tom Hanks in The Lady Killers. Yes, that's okay. what he looks like as Nathan Bedford Forrest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so back well, to this book. Well, this guy was not in the clan. They just knew each other, theoretically. And sometimes drank their whiskey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, don't want to seem like this is a clan whiskey. No, it's not at all. Totally. I mean, old bourbon is from Kentucky. Where there happened to be people. Sure. And, and Kentucky was in the Confederacy, so obviously they're going to be Confederates. Hey. Yeah, I think I had, I had family that came from there on the other side. I believe my mom told me... That her family had the first spinning wheel that ever came to Kentucky, or some shit like that. <laughs> Get the fuck like, out of here. Yeah, some shit like that, for real. And then they made Beulah the slave make them flax on it. Yes, they did. Jesus Christ. They weren't going to use it. <laughs> My ancestors are Canadian, so we had nothing to do with this shit. I'm so sorry. We're also poor Irish people and Italians. We just did organized crime in the, in the 20th century, very different. Peaked early. We did, and then we were like, let's go back to that potato business. I think that's safe now. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, anything else important? It gets founded kind of like semi-mythically. You know, like the, there's a lot of like romantic elements. It's, a very much, it's very much a family business 
for a long time. Until the like 1941 or something like that is when the last family member dies. Well, there was that brief period of prohibition where they were still family-owned but doing their own thing. They got like a waiver to make medicinal whiskey. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about prohibition. That's important. So, uh, obviously, all... It's bad. <laughs> all co- yeah. It, it, Every single book that writes about prohibition is like... They always have to put aside like, it was terrible. Or a horrible experiment in American history. It was never like, they tried something interesting. It was just like, the longest 12 years of American history ever or some shit like that. <laughs> There's a lovely picture of... President William Howard Taft. Definitely, definitely number 24. 30. No, 20, 26. 26 through 29. No, no, what number was he? It's big wait, dude. 27. He was after Roosevelt. 27. Definitely oh, 27. So actually, wait, this is about the Pure Food and Drug, Pure yes. Food and Drug Act. Because so that how was, they had to actually define whiskey. That was Taft's uh, pet project was sampling all the food in America and defining it. <laughs> <laughs> he definitely two, sampled a lot of food. Two categories, <laughs> yummy and sort of yummy. <laughs> Hmm, I declare this to be somewhat yummy. This is food. <laughs> I mean, he was our most rotund president. Though he lost a lot of weight when he left the office, actually. And became Supreme Court Justice? Only president became, to became, do that. He became Chief Justice, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, I think so, yeah. He's the only president to serve on the Supreme Court one way or another. So whether he's Supreme, you know, Chief Justice he or He had not. a large body of work. <laughs> Corpus. <laughs> Which he got, uh, you know, according to the story, he got stuck in a bathtub. Yeah. And took like six people to get him out. Because he was so fat, he got wedged he into the like bathtub. A fat vacuum. <laughs> He's like, oh no, stuck. I heard a thing about Jeez. him was uh, Roosevelt was the big trust buster, and then he came after Teddy Roosevelt. He was just a belt like, buster. Yeah, and he was just like, I just want him to like me and to be impressed. So he decided to even bust more trusts. And Roosevelt was like, You trying to show me up, you son of a bitch? And he came back and ran against him in the third party for like the thing. Bull moose. Yeah. 1912. Yeah. And he was like, I just wanted him to love me. Because I think Roosevelt was kind of a dick to Taft. Like I remember my middle Roosevelt school was kind teacher of saying that, in general. that he would say, you know, indirect or you know, backhanded kind of mean things about Taft. Like I saw him on the other day. He gave up his seat on the trolley car to three old women. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of thing. That's when everybody in the old days would go, "Oh shit! Oh, <laughs> oh burn! Boulder dash! Yeah, <laughs> humbug! <laughs> you will need some ointment for that burn, sir." You'll be needing to go to the apothecary to get an unguent. <laughs> <laughs> unguent is a great word. This. So the pure food and drug, I always associated that with Roosevelt because of like the, uh, the jungle and stuff like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I guess... Well, with all... Well, that's the FDA. With all regulatory ag- agencies, it takes time to develop all of the rules and the laws and the regulations. So they were still working on defining the term whiskey. Until this. In the Taft administration, yeah. Was he didn't eat enough to get up to whiskey. He started alphabetically. So he knew every food up to W. He got there. <laughs> anyway, then they start to make the distinction between straight whiskey and blended whiskey or imitation whiskey. And I don't know the difference between those. I don't know. Are those blended, terms still used today? I know blended, yeah, and blended is still used. Well, I mean, uh, blended and single malt kind of things are used. Single malt is it's when it comes from one barrel. Like you get a bottle of it and it came from one thing. And you say, okay, that's from one source. And blended is when they mix them all together afterwards and put them in bottles. But they can mix wildly different brands. They can mix brands. other stuff. So they can, it's, from, it's like a, it's not diluted, but it's like a, it's, it's more similar across all of them. I think that's the goal is to, for quality control. To also, they, it's, it's cheaper because you can mix it with less good ones, I guess. Not necessarily totally. always, but like if you have a single model, it's like this came from one thing and it took eight years. That's all I have. Right, and it's a little more hit or miss in terms of if you're going to like it. Yeah, it could also, maybe there was a bad one. I don't know. Well, I think um, 
uh, Johnny Walker is a scotch, technically, right? Just that's Johnny a scotch. That's yeah. a blended one, but like Johnny Walker Blue is like largely cheap stuff. There's, there's, some there's many very expensive like scotches. Each brand will have many levels of whiskey quality within the one brand. Kind of like beer distillers love. Beer brewers will have you know a bunch of different things. They'll be, I guess they'll be more similar to one another than like you can't make a stout and an IPA, but you can have a whiskey like this, and then a whiskey that's older, and then another whiskey. I was at a, a bar in Boston once, and they had a flight of whiskeys, and they changed it all the time, every two weeks, to be like a different flight. And one time, it was the life cycle of one whiskey. So it was like, here's a whiskey at a year, and it was still like clear, and here's a whiskey at three years, and here's a whiskey at seven years. Like, oh, this is interesting. That's very cool. It's like a yeah. vertical tasting. Yeah, yeah. That is cool. Yeah, the first one tasted like fucking rubbing alcohol, though. I th- I'm not surprised. Well, well, also, when they put spirits into the barrel to age... They're typically much, much stronger than what the finished product yeah, no, it's, is, it's like seventy percent alcohol. Yeah, and then they and at the end they dilute it with water to Which make it forty weird. proof yeah. or forty percent because it's too strong. Sometimes yeah, eighty proof, forty percent. Yeah, eighty proof. Sometimes you could buy things like this is barrel strength, whatever. Yeah, so and it's, it's like sixty nine percent alcohol. Knock you out, God. Mm-hmm. Well, you can still get one fifty one places. Right, one fifty one is a special like stunt alcohol, it but is. like it's, it's for stunts. I bought for my father in law like a stunt year or two ago. alcohol. Um, yeah, barrel strength Jack Daniels, and it was like sixty-five percent alcohol or something crazy like that. I don't know. I just like hey, this is something you haven't had. Good luck with this. <laughs> nice knowing you. Yeah, but he was fine. Let me give, me, give me your house when you are killed by this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So then uh, they kind of go through prohibition, which is the darkest time in American history. You know, if you I- ignore according to distilleries and. Uh, you know, our treatment of the Native Americans, Japanese internment. Ja- yeah, couple. I mean. It's the bad. 80s in general. The Spice Girls. Mm. That was British. <laughs> but that they, wasn't us. They, it was another invasion. invasion. And that was great. All five of them. It's true. I was watching America's Got Talent today. I was like, scary Spice. I'm not so scared now. Oh, she's a judge, isn't she? Yes. She mm. is. Yeah. And just anyway. like this drink, smoking. As you were saying. During, the, so this part of the book, so I, I think they left something out of this book, is what I'm about to say. But anyway, so uh, during Prohibition, they got a license to sell basically medicinal products that were based on whiskey. But what was weird, so only not that many people got these licenses. And they were only supposed to use whiskey that had been distilled before Prohibition went into effect. But yet, they seem to have plenty of products. There's a, there's a, later on it says that they... Uh, they ran they out. That, so they, so and the, they gave the, like special the, waivers. The federal government had like a special day. where you Like you have like, to brew 300 brew million more. barrels of whiskey. I, I couldn't help but think that. There's no way, in terms of, uh, there's no way that they weren't also making whiskey. At well, some, yeah. fi- getting it somehow during that time. This was still time. the old days where it was like wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> because from what you hear about the history of prohibition is that everyone when they found out you know oh wait i can't have alcohol anymore they were buying tons of this medicine which was actually just whiskey so there's no way they would have enough stock left over yeah. to just to say this so they were had to have been making some stuff i'm sure but or i think the buying it from somewhere the prescriptions were very small it wasn't like i prescribe you 1.75 liters of Bourbon. And it was it was like california medicinal where it was like oh do you sometimes get nervous you can have some weed I was like, sure, oh, yeah. you've got a pain in general? You should have some whiskey. Because they didn't have real medicine back then anyway, so who gives a shit? Yeah. When did antibiotics get invented? What's that? When was antibiotics? Like penicillin? Yeah. Isn't that like only discovered in the late uh, 20s? Was, yeah, so this was still 
approximately then, so they didn't have real medicine yet. So you might as well get a whiskey. I'm going to prescribe to you a bottle of Four Roses and a leech <laughs> to, to that, help with your humors. <laughs> that leech is going to get fucked up. <laughs> you think you can get a leech on a leech's best day? I wonder if that, anyone's ever done that. Like put leeches uh, on a drunk guy and see if they were drunk. Pete is going to hate us. Considering how much people used to drink, I'm sure it's happened. I, mean, I saw there was that joke movie or real movie, uh, Animals Are Beautiful People Too. And it was just bears eating fermented berries and getting fucked up and stumbling around shit-faced. So, I mean, animals can get drunk. I don't know, oh, if, yeah, sure. I don't know if you can tell a drunk leech from a regular leech, though. They don't really do much. They and suck. Some animals can't like process alcohol, right? Yeah, so alcohol, I mean, it's technically poison. It's technically poison for... For anything that can, doesn't have a liver that can process alcohol. Are there animals that don't have livers? So the human liver, according to the book about drunkenness that we read, Into the human the liver has a, a scarily large amount that is specifically just for processing alcohol. I mean, is that evolutionary? I, I, yes, definitely. So other animals, probably not. Like, if you gave, uh, okay, based on this principle, I would assume that if you gave alcohol to something that is primarily a carnivore and doesn't have a evolutionary history of eating fermented fruit, you know, it probably would not, like, it would not be able to process the alcohol very well. So anyway, after Prohibition, after Prohibition, uh, the whiskey company had a much easier time, as you can imagine. Well, any company that must that managed to stay in some form of business throughout prohibition, well, they would said be that they more they like bought the machines and the stills and shit from the other companies, and then when prohibition was over, they sold it back to them. But it was like we have all of them, ha ha ha. Yeah, just just kept it in storage. Yeah, so That's it was like they could charge really foresight. Want. Yeah, think yeah. of that. Well, they, I guess everyone had to know that this was not going to last forever. I don't know, in a decade, something lasting so, for a decade, something like half the states had already. Past, like they're already dry. So that Maine did it since like eighteen something in the eighteen hundreds. Oh, right. One of the things it said is that Maine was the first state to go dry, and it went dry in what eighteen fifty one. But then the book says, and as Maine goes, so goes the nation. That's and never I was thinking, been like, true. Yeah, that's never been a thing for Maine? sure. And it was like seventy years later. So I mean, I'm like, that's, a, uh, it's a nice place, but I don't think anyone gives a shit what Maine does. No, it's like, oh wait, no Maine built has. a bunch of lighthouses. There, there were like eight hundred thousand people there. There's a million. There's a million, too. There's, there's less people in Maine than there are in Queens. Oh, yeah, for, for sure. sure. Basically, you put Vermont, New Hampshire, and Maine together, it's about the population of Queens. Two and a half million? Yeah. about Queens, something like that? Two, maybe, two maybe, maybe it would be slightly over. Maybe it's more Brooklyn. Right, Brooklyn's closer to three, I think. Yeah. Is it? Oh, yeah. It's yeah. not. I don't think it's I think 2.8 or something like that. But still, yeah, not that many people. Or like almost a whole Norway. Or like one a of those. whole Norway? Den, you know, those, those Nordic countries that have like four million people in them. Ireland. Ireland's tiny, yeah. They're like but there are like most of them left. Thirty million people in America that claim to be Irish. They have a much larger diaspora than a current population. So um, after Prohibition, Four Roses is booming because they're still around and they consolidate, they like have a whole bunch of distilleries. And that's one of the things they talk about in the book that I wish um, we had somebody kinda of explain to us because I don't know what this means that they have five proprietary yeast strains. That means it's well, I mean, just I, theirs. Right, and I know what that means, but like they have five yeast strains that they've collected from the different distilleries that they purchased. Oh yeah, right. There's a, a point where they list them all, 
nice thing. Or was this one over here and this one over there? I, I don't remember their names, but they consolidated. I, I thought it was weird them. they put yeast in whiskey at all. I didn't think that they did that outside of beer. No, you have to do that. So basically, to make whiskey, you have to make a, a beer type product oh, and then you the distill mash it. Mash is basically just the same thing, but you can choose to do different stuff with well, it. Well, the mash is like the malt, what would be the malted barley in the uh, beer. Okay, well, our snacks and second round arrived. Yeah. There's a lot of cheese and meat. It's gotta have goals. It's pretty banging. This is the classic. If you're I, listening, I felt in a long time. <laughs> hey guys, step up your game. <laughs> this cheese and meat board is uh, pretty legit. Is this what it feels like to be rich? I, I I mean I don't know, but it might be. I think it is. Like this is a thing they kind of do all the time. Like oh you want to get a cheese and meat board? It's only forty six dollars. Like, With your smoked old fashioned. So we got some clarification on the smoked old fashioned, by the way. Oh, yeah. I think it is essentially uh, a standard old-fashioned here, made with four roses, of course. But they have a special machine where they just inject real smoke into the glass. They, like, burn wood chips, and the machine blows the smoke into it, and then they cover it up to trap it like a ghost, like in Ghostbusters. It is very cool. And we also learned through experience, don't inhale that smoke. I tried to drink it while there was smoke still in it, <laughs> and it felt like I was trying to drink out of a burning grill with full of charcoal. It smelled like barbecue. The, it the, smells great, but you don't want to go face first into it. Like the, a real grill. <laughs> the guy who uh, served it said, you know, be careful. You don't want to smell it directly. And then he took about a step and a half away before he heard Jimmy choking on the smoke. And he just, I, I told you. And he, then he left. I have no And then regrets. left all the way. I have no regrets. So we were talking about them, I guess, post-prohibition. Uh, the country mm-hmm. repeals prohibition because... Anti-hibition. Yes, that's right. Conhibition. Ooh. So they passed their repeal prohibition with the 21st Amendment, uh, which I've heard a comedian, I've actually heard a couple of different comedians make this joke where they go, so if you look at the amendments of the Constitution, it goes like, hey, we need to stop drinking. And you know what? We should let women vote. You know what? We should start drinking again now. Just pretty funny. Though there's another one in there we're missing, right? Because 18... What was 20? No, I don't know what that one was. Is that the one where it's like direct le- uh, election of senators or something? Is either that one or the income tax amendment. The boring mm-hmm. one, too. One of the lame ones. Yeah. Not, a, not, not a crowd pleaser. Yeah. What was that? Was 27? No, that was the one that was like the... The one that was... Rec- that was that's the last one. was 27. That was like 1972 or something like that. Yeah. And that was the one that was... Uh, also- pay raises. It was also suggested with the Bill of Rights. Yeah, that one was drafted was by James Madison. Yeah. So if you look at the amendments, like one of the problems we have is that the Second Amendment, for example, is so pithy. There's just the right to bear, you know, in order to... I don't know exactly where it is. It's not legal. It's not like it's legal not stuff today. It's like, it's this is sentence. exactly what this means. It, it's open Nothing to, else. It's open to very, very wide interpretation. So the first probably like, I don't know, 15 or so amendments are like that. I don't know the exact word. More poetic. Of it. Now they're written like fucking laws, except for 27, which like some guy did it like as a sort of like project or something. Like a, uh, he was like a college student. He's like, we should bring that one back. So much mustard. Oh my God, my nose. Mustard is like <laughs> getting a... kicked in the face by a mustard donkey. <laughs> I mean, it's delicious though. It's good, but it is, it is strong. Mustard donkey. Great name for anything. That's a ska band. <laughs> mustard plug is an actual ska band. I know mustard, mustard plug. Do- mustard donkey is not a big leap from there. That's a mustard mustard uh, plug tribute band. The jelly plus where the they're mustard. All asses. This is a mustard plug. Fucking delicious. Oh, I'm gonna try that. Let me get up in it. 
prohibition ends, whatever amendment it is. What, event, what amendment is 27? That's the one where the Congress can't vote itself a raise. If they vote for themselves, vote a raise for oh, themselves. For next time. It takes, yeah. Which seems like fucking common sense. But it took 200 years or so to happen. Right? There's a lot of other shit going on. The 70s are pretty boring. Well, the one right before that, I think, was the one where they said uh, uh, the voting age is 18 instead of 21 or something like that. Okay, yeah, yeah. Because they were drafting fucking 18-year-olds. Like, you can't vote, kid. Still can't drink. Well, back then, you could drink at 18. That changed in the early That's 80s, a poor trade-off. Yeah. So, uh, Prohibition ends. Four Roses is in an excellent position. And then um, the, the, war, the war happens. And that kind of fucks up a lot of things because most... Because the tax goes way up. Because most industries in America that can be converted to some form of the war effort are. So, I forget exactly they're what making, they were... They're probably making, like, medicinal alcohol, like, actual medicinal alcohol, like, uh, for cleaning wounds and shit. Whatever they were doing, they make them, they can't really go full into full production. Whiskey's still very expensive during the war. Like $6 a gallon tax. And the last descendant of Four Roses dies in 41. The last, you know, descendant of the owners or whatever. And so they get purchased shortly after by Seagram's, who makes a shit ton of money off of it. The Canadian? yeah. And he owns, like, five different brands. It's yeah. not just Four Roses. It was the beginnings of consolidation of all companies. But he, he, like, buys them for, like, $42 million, which seems like a lot of money by any standards, but by 1941 standards or 43. Asinine standards. But then he somehow quickly is making, like, makes, like, $75 million in profit off of that deal with, before the end of the decade or something crazy like that. Makes a shit ton of money off of it, which is crazy. I would yeah, imagine. I never really knew much about Four Roses other than, like, now, and I don't see it. That often in a lot of bars now, but it it seemed to be quite a big deal for a long time. Think so? Well, I was surprised. I think Jimmy's referenced before right? the the picture, the VE was a VE day or VJ day. That was uh, that was the end VJ of the day. war. VJ yeah. day, yeah, because yeah, the Navy was all about it. The the picture in Times Square of the sailor kissing the nurse or whatever she is. Yeah, in Times Square, super famous picture. If you don't know what I'm talking about, then you're fucking dumb, Helen Keller, or actually blind. Yeah, in which case. You probably enjoy this more than most people because it's the same for you as everything. But in the background, you know, there's like everybody always notices the the soldier or the sailor and the woman, and and there's always like story about who were those people, which are they only like fairly recently identified. But they, the woman just died recently, did she? Uh, I'm not sure. I believe it. I mean, I, I there aren't too many people she, left. They either in World just War II. like they either just figured out who she was or she died within the just, last five or ten years. And I think they also just recently figured out who Rosie the Riveter was, like who that was modeled after. There's a whole bunch of this stuff slowly coming out. Rosie O'Donnell. Yes. Same name. Yes, exactly. Open your eyes, people. Has to be it. Uh, but anyway, indubitably, in the background of the picture of what is that? What is that building? It's Times Square. That's that a, that's triangle shape. Is that the Flatiron Building? That's stupid. No, no, that's no, no, that's no. The, what the hell is that called? Isn't the New York Times Building or One World One Times Square? Well, I don't know the name of the building, but it's like the, the, the Four Roses building. Four Roses big, big Times Square billboard ad is in the background. It's often cropped out, but if you look at the whole picture, it's there and it's very prominent. You yeah, crop it out. Dead center, top of the picture. I never noticed that. Don't know if I ever saw the full picture with that there, but I certainly wouldn't Probably have really never paid did. attention to it. I thought that was actually really cool. It was very interesting. It really kind of puts context for the beverage and whatever. So then, and then uh, like, they got one of the early neon si- or electric signs. Like, it cost $26,000 a month to run or some craziness. It, it was $1,200 a month. Yeah. But that was in, like, 1935. So nowadays, it's probably $26,000 a month. I yeah. made that up. but Easily. And say, like, look, we got electric signs, witchcraft. 
And then shortly after that, it kind of just launches into the famous advertisements from Four Roses history. Right, like the cover of the book is a ad from the 30s, I want to say. And it looks then, very Gatsby. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That looks like Fraser's dad. It does, yeah. You're right. I, I know who you're talking about. Whatever, uh, John Mahoney? She's sure. Old. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Why not? All right, so at that point, that's kind of the rest of the book. It kind of takes up to the modern day. Four Roses today still makes a whole bunch of different varieties. Honestly, I don't know which one we drank today. Well, they... All, after Canada, they got bought out by Japan, and now Japan runs them. Oh, Kirin, right? Kirin. Well, they made the, it's a, right. a primarily a beer company. Or like, like, as well, a, we know them as a beer company. Kirin Ichiban? Yeah, which I've had before. I've had it a few times. Kirin, number one. But Ichiban means? Oh, is that what it is? Ichiban. Yeah, Ichi is one. Okay. Ichiban, number one. So Ichi the killer is number one killer? Uh, I don't know that much of Japanese that I learned in school, but uh, maybe. Okay. But, like, Ichi is actually a pretty common kind of first name in Japan. Like, Ichiro means, like, first son. Who should read this right. book? Okay, so it is a, and this direct quote, it is a delightful coffee table book. It, you know, there's some very nice pictures. You know, it, I mean, it's it really, full colored, it, very if you're, like, really into the history of whiskey, then, yeah, enjoy this. I, since I knew nothing about the history of whiskey, I can now say I know a lot more about the history of whiskey. I definitely know a thousand percent more than I did. Me too. But no matter, no matter how many times I read it, even looking it up purposely to learn, I will never get the percentages of corn versus other stuff down. They give two different formulas in this book, yeah. actually. Like, like, well, they're different different brands, I guess. Well, it's like different, different, different uh, formulas. Different, ones of four roses and some they'll blend them together and like at different ratios of those blends and oh uh, you it's know, complicated man I mentioned to my father-in-law who's a huge bourbon and whiskey and scotch drinker this that we were doing this and I was like hey what do you know about four roses and he's like actually check this out and he took out every year for I don't know if it's Christmas or whenever it comes out at Father's Day we buy him the magazine that like, has the World Whiskey, whiskey Awards shit and then we it's buy Japanese there's like, companies win a lot now and there's like a sampler you could buy that has like the like, you know like a I don't know what it is, like a 30 CL bottle. Like, he's really a tiny little a thing. taster. You know, you can make one drink out of it. Here's the best of it. And they're usually of bottles that would be $800 a bottle. Yeah, yeah. But you can buy this whole sample. You can have, like, these six different whiskeys or whatever it ends up being for, like, 50 bucks, which isn't terrible. So he's buying that. And he pushed, pulled out this one. He's like, take a look right here. And Four Roses was, like, right in there. Big, full, like, two-page ad or something like that. And he's like, they're apparently pretty good. So a two-page ad in the pamphlet, not that they won. They didn't win, but, like, they're advertising right next to these other companies that do win. So they're, I mean, either I, they aspire to be or they already are in these higher echelons of making While stuff. I was setting up, well, while you guys were setting up, and I was standing there, I heard the server say to either the girl who got us in here or the manager, saying that, like, they have a bottle of 1940s Four Roses here. That's so they crazy. They have one from the fucking 40s. I don't know if there's anything in it, but he said, like, oh, God, we've got about a 40s bottle here. I was like, holy shit. She's like, oh, my God, really? That's cool. I, I don't, don't think, think they're, they're going to give li- that to us. I don't think we're going to be able to try that. No. I don't think they're going to mix it into an old-fashioned either. That's something you have to, like, you have to have just that, and you get this much of it. I'm holding my fingers very close together. <laughs> and it's $10,000. And it's $10,000. Like, yeah. even, even, like, not super fancy whiskeys, a 70-year-old anything is going to be expensive. Uh, dude, I was just at... Uh, uh, I was in uh, London a couple weeks ago, a couple months ago. I don't know what it was now. In the summertime. It was about nine years. And uh, at some point in my lifetime. And they had 
uh, I was at a place that was just a the whiskey exchange, and this was like right at the airport where it's duty free. Oh so my god, some, I've been to that place. It's fantastic. That guy it was the dude with like a lazy eye. Uh, I don't remember that because I was also drunk. So both of my eyes. Were I, hung out with that, I hung out with that guy for a while because I was by myself waiting for my plane, and we we were friends. They had thirty-five year old bottles of whiskey, yeah, and scotch and bourbon and shit like that. That were like ten thousand dollars for the bottle. That's for a thirty-five year. Say ten thousand. To up to yeah, somewhere somewhere cheaper like forty-five hundred. That's an expensive airplane store. Very. I mean, they, I don't know how many they had in stock. If that's the just sort of, the one. Well, how many did they really move in a week? I feel like if you're gonna in the market, you're not gonna go to the airport store. But some, actually, sometimes those, those places have like exclusive things. Like the, This is only available at this place. Kind of thing. I guess if you're the kind of guy who's going to buy a $10 whiskey, you can fly into an airport just for that. Yeah, totally. Or just buy a ticket and then fucking leave. <laughs> like not get on that flight. He let me try a few whiskeys when I was there. It was a great place. I, I tried some too, but I was like, this tastes like burning. And then I left every time. He, he got me to... I bought a bottle of Buna Habane, which is like a scotch. And he's like, ah... Oh, I helped to make this. I, like, you know, did all the testing, the tailing, and the flavor profiles and stuff. I was like, I trust you. You're my best friend now, so I'm going to buy this. <laughs> <laughs> that well, guy's a good salesman. Well, he, he, gave, he let me try a bunch of other ones. And I drank that bottle of scotch for, like, a year. Because I don't fucking just hang out and drink scotch. Because I don't come to places like this all the time. So it lasted a long time. It was pretty good. And it, was, it wasn't expensive. It was, you know, like, 30 or 40 pounds. It's not bad at all. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what the price of Four Roses is, frankly. Every every since we scheduled this, I, every bar I go to, every liquor store, I, I look really, for four. Roses. I really don't see it that often. It's weird. It's a little a little hard to find, I guess. It's just too bad. Tastes mm-hmm. fine to me. I mean, I've certainly had shitty whiskey. Shitty whiskey is special. <laughs> That's a word. For it. I mean, I'm not a huge fan. I'm, I've not been converted from today, but this was fine. Like this, especially in an old fashioned. It's old fashioned pretty tasty. Is, old fashioned is the best way to drink it. I'll just say that outright. But. I'm sure it's great if you're into whiskey or bourbon or whatever it is. I mean, I guess I guess it's technically a bourbon. You won't be disappointed. So track it down. And if you're into learning about it, read the book. It's a fine book. You know, if this is what you're into, nothing wrong with it. And if you're into a fine cheese board, check out this place. Where are we at? Fine and rare? Fine and rare. Midtown Manhattan. Or Finet and Rare. If that's As actually what say, it is. I keep saying it every time I say fine and rare. It's very weird. <laughs> Finet and Rare? Finet and Rare. <laughs> it's Finay Andra Ray. Oh. Finay Andra Ray? <laughs> There's a great cheese board. Get the cheese board. Fine thing. And cheese an interesting and charcuterie. Well, oh, the jazz bat is coming. That means we have to get the fuck that's, out of here. That's, yep. that's my cue on any day. But if you liked what you heard, leave us a review on iTunes. Just round up for five stars, especially if you're into smooth jazz. Ooh. <laughs> if you're into smooth jazz, this is going to be your favorite episode. Please, if you're into it, tell us so that we can add it to every episode. Jimmy's going to lobby hard. Send us an email. Only people love it. <laughs> Only people love it. And I'm, I'm sure they will. Send us an email at drunkeyesbookclub at gmail.com. Or find us on Twitter at drunkeyesbc. Or go to Facebook and Instagram at drunkeyesbookclub. Thanks for listening.